Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. As NFL training camps wind down and the regular season is around the corner, let the roster speculation begin. Eric Williams of ESPN has a expectation, quote unquote, that Melvin Gordon is ending his holdout in time for week number one and will be on the 53-man roster for the Los Angeles Chargers. We will have to wait and see. The Athletics Ben Standig reports the Redskins want to trade contract year wide receiver Josh Doxson before week number one. The Miami Herald Barry Jackson mentions Kenyon Drake and Kenny Stills are possible trade a potential deal for unsigned Texans franchise player Debian Clowney. And Brewers third baseman Mike Moustakis remains out of the Brewers starting lineup Wednesday afternoon against the Cardinals. Moustakis suffered bruising along his left wrist and palm while trying to field a hard grounder at third base on Monday. I'm Dan Strapper and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Not solo today as I have Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Dave, FFChamps.com. He will join me for the entire hour. You can check out all his work at FFChamps.com. Check out my work at FullTimeFantasy.com. Just posted an article uh, on the preseason stock watch. Players moving up, players moving down. So you could check that out. We have our preseason pro picks. Jim Day just posted his this week. So you get a sleeper, a bust, a breakout, stash and cash, and a comeback player from all the people on staff as well as several high-stakes players who are putting big money down. My updated rankings as well, and you can ask your questions on the message boards in the forum. So use the promo code RONUS50 to get your first two months for the price of one. But Taz, always good to talk to you, and now we got a full hour today. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. Thanks for having me on, and uh, looking forward to it. It just seems like I always just miss the doc. Yeah, right? It's just funny how that works, right? You, it's, I guess you. it is beneficial to avoid doctors. It's just my opinion. <laughs> I, I just well, try some to... people out there think that we're the same person. That's why we never appear together. I don't know. Wow. I, I don't think that. <laughs> but that is definitely, I don't know. I am of the belief. I try to avoid doctors. Do you, do you feel the same? Oh, absolutely. With a passion, except when you get to be my age, they don't really give you that option too often. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's unfortunate. We all have to dread those days. But. Uh, a lot going on in football right now. Obviously, another big draft weekend for many people. And I still am getting a lot of questions on what to do with Ezekiel Elliott right now. And it's a tough situation because uh, we're 11 days from the season beginning. He is still not there. Now, we hear different comments. And there was some type of luncheon today at at the stadium. And Jerry Jones spoke and basically said, you know, they expect uh, everyone to be there at some point. He was obviously alluding to Zeke. So, you know, if you're drafting fourth, fifth tonight and he's there, what are you doing? Has your opinion changed over the last few days, knowing that we're getting closer to the season and he's still not there? Uh, in a little, yes, it absolutely has. Look, I've uh, I've been staunchly on his side for most of this. But, you know, they made him a good contract offer. He's still fighting it. Uh, at this point, I'm on, on Dallas's side. Usually I'm on the player's side. But they made him a good 
faith offer when he still has two years on his previous contract and he didn't want that because it wasn't the top number in at the position. Uh, I'm sorry, that that's bogus for me uh, at this point. And the fact of the matter is the longer he stays away, the more you have to doubt that he's back for week one. I don't think it takes much. I think if he loses any games, it's only going to be minimum one or two, maybe. Uh, I'd really staunchly been in, under the impression that he would be in by week one. And I still favor that about 70%, but the doubt is creeping in every day he stays away. Yeah, and, you know, it, I think it it's up to each individual to make a decision. You know, some people like to take risks. Some people are risk-averse. You know, if you don't want to deal with it, the simple solution is okay. Pass on them. Take someone else that you feel is a safer option. The other scenario is that you have to – Take Tony Pollard a little bit earlier than you want. Probably, my guess is the eighth round right now. No, nope, you, nope. you, you got to go up it? earlier than that. Well, his um, ADP in the FFWC is 92. Yeah, well, over the last two days, that's actually risen again. Um, I saw him go in a couple of drafts last night in the seventh round. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's definitely still creeping up. As that doubt increases on Zeke, the, the ADP will continue to rise on Tony Pollard. That's just how it's going to be. Yeah, the last few drafts, 89, 80, 78, 96, 74. So I do think that as each day passes, he will jump. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to get higher. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, he is the guy that's going to step in if Zeke misses some time. And I, I look, again, thinking about it from Jerry Jones' terms, I mean, I get it. He maybe doesn't want to make Zeke the highest paid because of all the off-field stuff and all of that. You know, I can understand that. But at the same time, I'm sticking by my guns. I don't think he wants to lose to the Giants in week one in his home stadium. And, you know, look, Tony Pollard's looked good, but he's no Zeke. Yeah, and we'll re- we would really find out how good he is uh, in the first actual NFL game. So we've seen this before with Jones years ago with Emmitt Smith. He wound up missing two games. They went 0-2. He came back. And I think they won the Super Bowl that year, if I'm not mistaken. So a lot of people think this is getting done with Zeke. That's just the way everyone seems to react because he's really not getting pushed down the draft board that much. I haven't seen him fall out of the first round in any draft at all. His AP is still five. The latest we've seen him go in the last 10 drafts is eight. Well, I saw him fall to 10 in in one draft. Uh, And actually, that that 10th pick was an auto draft because I didn't make the draft in time. Uh, And he got Zeke at 10. And actually turned around and got Kelsey at the turnaround because he still wasn't there. So those were his two auto picks. Uh, heck of a nice auto pick. Well, yeah, the guy's uh, probably going to win. <laughs> he's going to win the grand prize now. Could you imagine yeah, that? Really. Like, oh, so tell us about your strategy. Well, I didn't show up for the first portion of the draft, and uh, now I'm uh, 150K richer. Yeah, really. And, uh, hey, folks, sometimes that's just the way it works. You know, as much as we want to espouse how much we know about this game, there's still luck involved. Well, there is. not Andrew Luck. He's not involved anymore. No, that's uh, for sure. And uh, <laughs> pour one out, pour one out for those that have luck in Dynasty. Did you have luck anywhere in your Dynasty leagues? Uh, no, I did not. As a matter of fact, I did not. I have Watson all over the place, but I don't really didn't really have a lot invested in luck. Yeah, and there were a lot of people who did in those early drafts, those super flex drafts. Because uh, remember, at one point he was the second, third quarterback yep. off the board. So it's a lot of people. Uh, those in the Scott Fishbowl and in leagues that were early. Uh, there's going to be a lot of action early on the waiver wire in, in some of these super flex leagues. 
Absolutely. And you know what? It was probably one of those players that lost him in their, their super flex league that slashed his tires. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Wait, his tires got slashed? His tires got slashed, yeah. No, this was reported? Yeah, absolutely was reported. Oh, I missed this. Was this? Oh, that's disgusting. Uh, I'm trying man. to think. Man, my, everything's a blur right now. Everything's coming at us so fast. Man, that, but I that's, think it was yesterday I saw that. Yes. That's just brutal, man. People are idiots. There's no like, n- nice way to put it. That That's just idiotic. It really is. Like, look, for the game of football, we want him there. We're going to miss him. Obviously, he makes the NFL more exciting, and obviously the Colts take a hit. But, again, the guy did what is best for himself. So, Right. I just think that's brutal uh, for people to react like that. The burning jerseys, it's just, it's terrible. Yep, I agree. This is a guy that brought those those same fans a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right, lots more ahead when we return. Uh, Melvin Gordon, this is interesting because we got to talk about reports and don't just read the headline. But is there any news here on Melvin Gordon that's positive? We'll talk about it next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis along with Fantasy Taz, who is here for the full hour today on a Wednesday afternoon. Make sure you check us out at fulltimefantasy.com. Updated my rankings. Use the promo code RONIS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. Also have a stock watch article up and a look at an intriguing running back that no one has really talked about. You can get them in your last couple rounds of your draft right now. And maybe you've had an injury and need someone to cut. I know I got a question on the message board, and uh, there were uh, a player or two that could be cut. This could be a running back you could pick up. So check out that article now on fulltimefantasy.com. Taz, so there was this report, not a report, but we see headlines all the time that are somewhat misleading. I felt that was what happened with Gronkowski yesterday. Like, I thought that was very misleading. Oh, uh, Gronkowski hasn't ruled out returning. He didn't say, yeah, yeah. right? He basically <laughs> exactly. said, I'm not mentally prepared to play now. I am physically. It could change a couple months, next year, three years. I don't know. I mean, okay, I think we all felt that we knew that about Gronk. But if you look at him now, he's really not ready to play. He lost a ton yeah. of weight. Yep. I know you're a huge Gronkowski fan, but I personally feel he should never come back. If I was him, there's no way I would come back. And I understand every athlete has this competitive nature. And trust me, I'm competitive. I hate to lose. So if I was an athlete and I had the success he did, and you got to imagine playing for New England was so much fun because they always won, I could see maybe in a month or two he's sitting there watching games. But when you look at Gronk, he had the back going back to college, the surgery. He talked about how he had to get his blood drained from his quad. And even after he won the Super Bowl, he was in pain. He has money. He can do so many things. I just don't see why Gronk should come back. Hey, I'm with you. As much as, like you said, I love Gronk, and I had him almost every year uh, in a lot of the leagues. 
Uh, yeah, I'm with you. He, he's been dealing with this forever. Look, when he came out of college, people didn't think he'd last long yeah. because of those back issues. They figured he was going to be out. Everybody was in on Hernandez because he's the young gun and Gronk just his back is going to give out. But yeah, okay. We know how that worked. Um, yeah, young gun. <laughs> no pun intended there, right? Yeah, really no pun intended. Um, but so, you know, it really comes down to why come back? Like you said, one of the things we heard about from him is that, you know, he never cashed a check he made while he was playing. If that's true, he's set for life. Yeah, I think it was. Absolutely so, set for life. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> was it the game checks he saved and he spent his bonus endorsement money? It was one of the two, but, but he did mention that. Does there it was, matter? Right. Either way, he, <laughs> he was smart to stash enough money. and you That know, I'm that, sure is earning enough interest that it's doing its own on its own. Right, and he already has a book out. He did, like, yeah, the part. Right. There's so many things he can do. And then he was speaking about CBD the other day, so he's probably endorsing that. So there's so he many is. ways Actually, so many ways he can make money <laughs> that he just doesn't need to come back. But, I, look, I understand from an athlete's perspective, especially if he starts to feel healthy. But And, and he said he's finally pain-free now. But that's not – once you play because football – Because of the CBD. But if right, he tried to come well, back now, he'd fail the drug test. Exactly. And then once you play football again, that pain's coming back. It's not – you're never going to be pain-free. As soon as you step on the field. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't think people realize what these guys go through. And that's why the criticism of Andrew Luck was just insane. But So it goes back to – there was, a, I guess, a headline about Melvin Gordon. Basically, ESPN's Eric Williams was projecting the 53-man roster for week one. And he had Melvin Gordon on it. But he never said anything like sources tell me or there was no indication where he had any information. It was just his guess at the 53-man roster. And we see reporters do this all the time, and they're not always correct. So when you see something like that, how do you react to it? Because it, all it says, so it has four running backs making the roster, Gordon, Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, Tremaine Pope. And it says, expect Gordon to end his holdout in time to be on the week one roster. That's all it said. So how do you interpret that? Is it just a guy guessing and there's no credence to it? Or do you say, maybe he knows something and maybe I have to think about well, Gordon he, now? He can't put that out there like that, you know, and say it's from a source without saying it's from a source. So it's op obviously his opinion. He expects Gordon to be back by week one. Uh, you know, personally, I don't agree with that opinion. You know, Gordon seems to have dug his heels in the stand, in sand, and I'm pretty sure the team has done the same. So they made him what they thought was the best offer they wanted to make. And we've seen in the past this team not back down. So I don't expect them to do it here. They think they can win with the guys they have behind him. I just don't think it's not the same situation with Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon. I, you know, people try to lump them together, but they're absolutely exact opposites. And Melvin Gordon's ADP right now in the FFWC is 39. He's gone as early as 25 and as late as 62 in the last 10 drafts. I just have not – I have not taken him in any drafts. I'm just basically fourth round, no thank you. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. Look, he could come back early and be ready for week one and be the steal of anybody's draft, but it's just as likely he sits out to week eight, week ten, and you're only getting half a season out of him, which I don't want to touch. So, yeah, it's it's a very wide range of outcomes you're dealing with here with him, and it's very risky. Now, we talked you talked about risk early on, and I'm a big risk taker. Look, you, most of the time you don't win championships without taking some risks, but even this is a little bit too much of a risk for me because if you get him, who do you want as your, the backup? Do you want Justin Jacks? You know, which one of these guys do you want behind him? 
See, I think if you take Gordon, it's very difficult to take Eckler because you have to take him about two rounds later. So you're investing two picks in the first six rounds in the same backfield. Even though we did see Eckler have value with Gordon last year, it's not ideal to start both every single week. And Eckler's ADP right now is 68. So if you are going to say, hey, I need to get someone else, I think it has to be Jackson. Uh, and his ADP is 113. So that's more feasible. If you get Gordon in the fourth, then you take Jackson in you know nine or ten but the problem with that is is what if Eckler gets the bulk of the touches when Gordon's out exactly and then all of a sudden Jackson's not worth anything um, you know I think he's I think Eckler's a better back and if he can withstand you know that number of touches he may end up taking that job so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out but it's so interesting that I really don't want any part of it <laughs> Yeah, I, I'll take Eckler or Jackson in the right spot. They're not targets. They kind of have to fall. But uh, obviously, as we get closer, you might. I don't know if Eckler's going to move up that much. Maybe he will. He might move up a little bit more uh, as people start to think, oh, okay, we're getting close to the start of the season and Gordon's still not here. So maybe you see him move up just a little bit. Uh, there was a report about Jarek McKinnon, which I'm not surprised at. I mean, he's basically someone that is buried in my rankings. Uh, and GM John Lynch indicated that McKinnon suffered another setback. He had missed last year with the torn ACL. There was also uh, an issue a few weeks ago. Then he tried to come back to practice a couple times and has had setbacks both times. So this is just terrible uh, for McKinnon. He's probably going to start the season on the IR potentially. And for me, and I know you agree because you posted something on this a few weeks ago, uh, and I've written about Matt Breida I mean, to me, he's been a bargain in drafts, and now I'm afraid that's the one thing is that people are going to see this, and now everyone's going to talk about him and push him up. I got him in my home league draft on Sunday as the RB43. I was thrilled. I took him in the super flex draft that we did in New York City first week of August. Uh, I forgot what running back number, but actually uh, probably I'm going to start him week one. Uh, so he's a guy that I've been targeting a lot in the offseason because we saw last year he was really good, and – he had a lot of injuries, but he did try and play through them, which I guess is good and bad. But we know this is a team that can run the football successfully. Uh, so now I'm afraid that Breda is going to jump up, and at least I have several shares, as I'm sure you do too. Oh, I have more than several, absolutely. Like you said, even a month ago, I mean, his value was nothing to most people. He was being, you know, double-digit rounds that he was coming off the board, and that was just ridiculous to me. So I was jumping all over him all that time. And, you know, everybody asks, you know, why do you draft so early? Folks, that's, that's why. why. Yeah, that's right one of the there, reasons why, why, guys. Because if I go to draft now, everybody's going to draft him, you know, too high for where I really want him because everybody's on board now. A month ago, none of you was drafting him. So that's why we draft early. And I know people are going to say, oh, well, what about Lamar Miller and Andrew Luck? First of all, Lamar Miller was ranked like 46 when he was healthy in my <laughs> rankings. Wanted no part of him. Andrew Luck, it's bad luck. It happens. I mean, look, I can say don't draft quarterbacks early. But look, that was bad luck. Uh, nothing you could do. Uh, Matt Breda, I got in the GST League. This was a pretty good competitive league. First pick around 10 two weeks ago. Nice. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I love it. Love it. All right, lots more ahead. We'll continue to talk more news. We'll also take a look at a best ball draft that Taz took part in this week as well. That's all ahead here on Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis along with Taz, Fantasy Taz. We are here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Wednesday afternoon. Just one more NFL preseason week left, and you need to know how to navigate the fantasy football landscape without Andrew Luck. Head over to rotoexperts.com and check out the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts have you covered with Dynasty season-long and best ball formats, giving you an edge regardless of what type of season-long fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Do you watch any of the preseason this week on Thursday? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll watch for a while. Absolutely. I won't watch the entire game, but there's definitely some some younger players, some guys that are on the roster bubble that I want to see and, you know, see what happens with them going forward. Yeah, no, there's de- that's definitely the case uh, as well. Uh, you can always maybe spot a player or two that maybe at some point emerged this year and you remember seeing them in the preseason and say, you know what, that guy looked pretty good. It's just a matter of can he move up the depth chart. Absolutely, but we all know things happen. You know, guys get in doghouses, guys get hurt. You know, it happens every year that these guys come out of nowhere and we're not expecting them. Well, you know, the, sometimes you have to be expecting them. And guys sometimes are on drugs. I mean, you did you watch last week's episode of Hard Knocks with Darren Waller? No, I have not seen that at all. Yeah, so Waller was talking about how when he was with the Ravens, remember he had he got suspended for a full year for the drugs, and he was saying, yeah, I was uh, high all the time. Uh, I was taking Coke pills. He's like, I just was out of it, man, and I was just kind of sleepwalking through camp, and they so- showed a clip of Harbaugh at practice. We're like, Darren, you all right? Come on, man, get your head in this. So that's the thing is we don't know sometimes, and obviously Josh Gordon's been through this too, but Waller is a name that – People have been pushing up because uh, of the hard knocks. They talked about them last week, and they had people asking who's the most underrated Raider in camp, and a lot of the players said Darren Waller, uh, tight end for the Raiders. Yeah, he's been getting a lot of talk all, all preseason, no doubt. He, he's had a good stellar camp. There's been a couple of beat writers who basically said that he's uncoverable, uh, that none of the defense can, can hold him back. And, look, maybe it was the drugs keeping him from showing his real talent, and we're finally going to get to see it. Yeah, and, you know, he's been going as a tight end, too, in, in this uh, best tight end, too. Yeah, best ball draft you did last night. He went as the 23rd tight end off the board in round 15. I, I don't I'm, – I'm, I'm okay taking him as a tight end, too. I know I wanted him – we did a, a draft, seems like, seven years ago, the FF champs, and I, I wanted Waller in that one. I wasn't able to get him because we had to start yeah, two right. tight ends so that, in that one. 
yeah, sometimes it really just depends on flow and how it works out. And all of a sudden you get caught looking for a d- different position when you were thinking about going for a certain player. And, you know, that's why drafts are fluid and you always have to be ready to move off into a different direction. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this draft that you did yesterday. We'll kind of look at players that have been rising, falling, maybe look at some of you, uh, your team. You took James Conner as a sixth running back off the board uh, at pick eight. I saw him go in a couple recent drafts as the RB13 late second round. I don't understand it. Like, James Conner, I guess maybe a month or two ago, there was some talk about Jalen Samuels. But based on what they've done in the preseason, and it doesn't mean everything, but it's kind of showing their cards. Like, we saw them play Sunday night. Connor was basically there for every first-team snap. We know he can catch football. I was surprised that in some recent drafts he fallen late second round. I think he's a first-round pick. Absolutely agree with that. Look, it, you know, Samuel's going to get some work, but it's going to be more in the passing game more than it is in the running game. It's James Conner's job. He's going to be the bell cow. This is what this team likes. They have one running back. They use that run one running back. The system works. Everybody who steps into it is a winning fantasy you know, player. So, yeah, I have no problem with Conner. I went into this draft saying I wasn't worried about ADP. I was going to grab the guys that I've been touting all offseason, and that's what I did. Do you tend to, in a best ball, focus a little bit more on the running back position early in drafts, knowing that you can't go to the waiver wire? Not really. No, it really depends on on how the draft flows to me. You can do it both ways. You know, you can go wide receiver heavy early and then come back. There's a lot of good young running backs you can take the shot on that we all like. Uh, You know, guys like Justice Hill and Devin Singletary, guys that do have upside when they get into the game. So you can take those chances later on with no problem. So it really depends on how the draft flow is going to me at that point. But I normally, you know, I want to say maybe 75% of the time, I do feel better if I get a, a stud running back in the first or second round. But it's not always a prerequisite. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott went six in this one. Had he made it to you at eight, would you have taken him? Yes, absolutely. No doubt in my mind I would have taken him. Uh, Look, I've been saying all along I think he's going to be back. And, you know, for whatever reason, I think it's more because Jerry Jones don't want to lose to the Giants in the Dallas Stadium again. For me, the top receivers are so close, it's kind of hard to rank them. Like, every day I feel differently. What is your ranking of Hopkins, Adam, Julio, Thomas, Beckham, Juju Hill? Like, is it really close between all of them? Is there one guy you like the most? I really, especially in that three to seven tier, it's just you can see the upside for all of them. So how do you rank them? Is there one that stands out above the rest? Well, look, at this point, I find it hard to not rank DeAndre Hopkins first. I really love Watson this year. I have him as my number two quarterback. Uh, you know, Hopkins is just there year after year after year, no matter what else is going on. So Hopkins, to me, is my number one. Now, that doesn't mean I always take him. You know that diversification. You want to have a little bit of everything in the pie. Devontae Adams is right behind him. And then I got Julio, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, and Juju uh, all in that top six for me. And, you know, that's like two tiers for me. Uh, Hopkins, Adams, and Jones in one. Thomas, Beckham, Schuster in the second. Uh, and then Hill, Evans, Allen, uh, and Brown from there going back. You've seen Beckham up close. Doesn't Beckham have the possibility to finish as the overall wide receiver one this year? 
I think you, you can make a case for like eight of these guys yeah. who finishes the overall number one this year. So, yeah, absolutely. When we're talking the difference between one and six here, you know, we'll be lucky if it's a point a game. It feels that way, and it's just like when you're on the clock, you have to kind of make that decision. And, uh, it, you know, Thomas to me has a huge floor. I don't think he has the ceiling of a Beckham or a Juju, which is not – it's not a negative. It's just – He's not been a big touchdown guy in that offense, but we know he's going to get a ton of targets and he's going to get a huge percentage of the target share in that offense. It's pretty much Kamara and Thomas, and then they sprinkle in everyone else. Right, and exactly, exactly right. We know he's good for 100 receptions plus. So, um, you know, that pretty much carries the day for him. He's going to be pretty consistent week to week. So that's another positive. Look, you know, it, I, I, Odell Beckham is absolutely a great receiver, you know, you could absolutely make the case that he's one of the top three in the league right now. But the fact of the matter is he has missed a lot of time the last two years. Now, the year before, that was definitely an injury. Last year, I don't know if it was an injury or him he quit last pouting. year. Right? Yeah, yeah. Him pouting on the team. So, you know, but still the fact of the matter is he wasn't there. Um, and if you don't think he can do that, pull that pouting routine in Cleveland, too, Get over yourself. If Cleveland gets off to a bad start, if Baker's not playing as good as he did last year, any number of scenarios aren't going Cleveland's way. Watch it, folks, because the powder will come back out. My only concern is when that powder comes out, does Jarvis Landry follow? Yeah, that, I think that is the concern. And we were in the first hour talking about some of the over-unders. And on the DK Sportsbook, they had Cleveland over nine and a half. And I feel like they are, they know they're going to get a ton of people to take that over. I'm not as optimistic as everyone. I still think they're on paper. They look good. We like Baker Mayfield. Addie Beckham is great. Chubb, but there still has to be this element of, all right, prove it to us now. Yeah, it was great. You, you guys had a good second half. Pressure was off. There's pressure on this team this year to perform. Oh, absolutely. There's pressure on this team at this point. You know, playoff expectations. You know, some people touting that they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So, absolutely, there is now pressure on this team to perform. And that's what I mean. You got so many egos on that sideline that if things just don't go right for them, we could see it implode. How about that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, remember, you know, a couple of years ago, Eagles put together that dream team. And it just exploded. <laughs> yeah, that's what people, just because, you know, you have what looks to be the talent on paper, it doesn't mean that it meshes and works out well. And, you know, Baker Mayfield likes to talk a lot. I, I don't mind it. Uh, you probably do as a Giants fan since he's been <laughs> talking well, I, about the I Giants. I care less. I like, you know, look, I, I like a cocky quarterback. You didn't need to be cocky as for, in, in my eyes. Anyway, I've always liked Baker Mayfield. I got no problem with him. But it's funny, so Cleveland's early season schedule, you think they're not uh, on the national radar? So week two, Monday night football in New York to play the Jets. Week three, Sunday night football hosting the Rams. So this team is is getting a spotlight early on, and we know everyone's excited about them. Went over the schedule, and it looks like they could win 10 games, but it's kind of useless. We always do this every year. Win, loss, we don't know. I mean, so much changes. Yeah, right. Talk about so much changes. This is one of the ones I love. Vegas went from the Colts before the luck news at uh, over under nine and a half games. When the luck news came out, it dropped down to six and a half games. Yeah, we talked about that. I, I'm leaning towards the over on that. 
I am too. I think this team is going to be better than people are expecting now. And like I've been telling everybody, you know, we know Hilton is dropping. We know Mac is dropping. Take advantage of it because I don't think Brissett is going to be as bad as everybody thinks he's going to be. Yeah, it's completely different than two years ago. They didn't have the same offensive line two years ago. They didn't have Frank Reich. And Brissett came in right before the season started. That's difficult for any quarterback learning the system, adjusting to new teammates. So I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. Yes, they take a hit, but how much? We're going to find out because we're going to look and see where some of those Colts players went in this best ball draft last night. How far did T.Y. Hilton fall? And is it a value? We'll discuss next here on Full-Time Fantasy. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can jump in a draft tonight. Play FFWC.com. We just had a draft sellout, but we still have several. 9 p.m. Eastern, a starter best ball draft. An online championship beat Dr. Roto League at 10 p.m. Eastern. So that should be easy money. Get in there and beat them. Uh, one spot left in a world championship online draft that kicks off at 10 p.m. Eastern. So that's for the big boys. If you want to win some big money, one spot left in that one. The grand prize is $150,000, and you can win up to $12,000 in league prizes. So check that out. And then, of course, drafts every day until the final Saturday, right before that first NFL Sunday. Uh, last draft will be September 7th, Saturday night, of course, I'll be at the Palms in Las Vegas next week uh, hanging out, drafting as well. So if you are there, come by and say what's up. We'll hang out, watch Thursday night football, watch football on Sunday. And then it's back to New York for the grind of the first week of the season. There's always an adjustment period, Taz, because i got to come back and you know jump in a radio and writing. And it's like, wait, <laughs> I, it's, a weird, it's a weird start. To, it's great being out in Vegas, but it kind of throws you off for week one. It absolutely does. I mean, you come back, you're tired, you, and you got to, like you say, you got to jump right back in. And there's no break at all. Um, as a matter of fact, there's not even a couple hour break. Basically, no, I got two you NFL games that you, night. You, yeah, you're right in the mix. So, uh, absolutely going on. And look, Roto World just uh, posted a thing: Arians to go with hot hand at running back in Week One? Question mark. Of course he is, because right now he has no freaking clue who he's going with. <laughs> yeah, it's not a surprise at all. I mean, again, Peyton Barber is not that good. I hope my friend is listening. Again, we are not drafting Peyton Barber next week. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want Peyton Barber. Okay, so it says the hot hand between Barber and Ronald Jones. I mean, come on. But we all know Darry Ogunbowale. I don't, am I saying that right? Ogunbowale. Ogunbowale. Okay. There's a lot of talk about him being involved heavily in passing downs. And he's a guy that I would take late in drafts right now because – Tampa Bay is going to be a pass-heavy team. He can pick up the blitz. He played 10 snaps with Winston this past week. Uh, I think Jones and Barber were also around 11-10. So they've kind of been rotating this. 
I just don't feel the need to draft Barber and Ronald Jones at all because, number one, they go in anywhere from rounds 9 to 11. They're, no one is standing out, so I'd rather just take the cheaper guy in the final few rounds, especially in a PPR format, in Ogden Wale, who I'm not saying he's going to make or break your season, but this is what you do with the later rounds. You take shots, and maybe he emerges as the guy who plays most of the snaps in that backfield. Yeah, exactly right. Look, early in the preseason, I mean really early, a few months ago, you know, I, I was starting to believe because early word on Ronald Jones was how good he looked in, in OTAs. And, you know, he was in shape. He was ready to go. He's working hard, you know, all that stuff. But it still seems like he's having issues picking up the blitz, which we all know is the worst thing that a, a running back can do. If you can't pick up that blitz, you're not getting on the field. Uh, so that that is definitely an issue right now. And look, like you said, Peyton Barber, he doesn't throw me at all. And if I'm taking a running back that late, I want somebody who has a, a chance at outside. And right now, Ogunbowale is the one who's running the best on the team. He, like you said, he, he picks up the blitz great. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Heck, I grabbed him in the 24th round in this draft last night. And there's a chance that I think, you know, by week three or four, he could be the lead back on this team. Yeah, he is excellent to get in the last few rounds of drafts right now. Uh, he's probably obviously going to get some more recognition here over the next few days. His name is starting to come up. I don't see him rising that significantly. Maybe in a competitive high-stakes league, maybe he starts to go around 15. And even then, I'm willing to take a shot because I'm not enamored with the other options here in that Tampa Bay backfield. So keep his name in mind. And especially if you did a draft and you have some injuries, maybe you have a Lamar Miller and there's not anything great there. Uh, maybe you can uh, pick him up. So uh, also some news here. Pete Carroll, who's the ultimate optimist says that DK Metcalf is running on the turf right now. So, and he's counting on him playing the opener uh, after he had a knee scope last week. So uh, where have you been on DK Metcalf? Have you drafted him? I have not taken him yet. Like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take him and in, in where he's going. It just hasn't happened yet. Early on, I was I was against him. You know, one trick pony, all that. And then Russell Wilson came out and said the kid's doing great. He knows the offense already. He's working hard. He's running different routes. You know, look, if he's absolutely doing that, then his value rises and then when you take David Moore out of the window at least right now I have to think that Metcalf becomes that number two uh, I don't really see I mean I know they got Jerron Brown but he's a slot guy he's not going to be on the outside so Metcalf is going to be that guy and just that chance of he's him being out there the way he can high point the ball go up fight for it come down with it most times I think that Russell Wilson's absolutely going to make use of that so I think right now he's being undervalued yeah, Metcalf was the 56th receiver off the board in this best ball draft last night going in round 12. First pick of uh, – last pick of round 12 on the turn, the 12-13 turn. Now, we talked about the Colts before. So, Marlon Mack in this went as the RB23 late fourth round. Is that the price you would pay for him, or do you think it's still a little bit early? I think the fourth round is a little early for him. I, I like him much more in the fifth. I've actually seen him drop to the sixth in a couple of drafts. Um, so, the, you know, it really depends on the draft you're in, how much fear people have of that team without luck. And I think, you know, fifth round is nice. Sixth round even nicer, no doubt. Fourth round, a little too early. There's other guys on the board at that point that I like a little more. Um, you know, I'd probably take Duke Johnson over him at this point. 
you know, guys like that. So there, there's a couple of guys there that I would take over him. And, t- you know, if I had to wait later, then I'd just grab another wide receiver there. T.Y. Hilton went as the 20th receiver off the board. First pick of round five. So some guys went ahead of him were Lockett, Cooks, Galladay, and Woods. And Hilton goes ahead of Boyd, DJ Moore, Cooper Cup. Is that the right spot for Hilton right now? I think he is. I have him currently in, at 22 on my rankings uh, based on this news. So, yeah, he's right in that mold for me. Uh, early to mid-fifth, is I feel nice value for him considering – you know, he was coming off the board at the 2-3 turn in a lot of drafts before this news. So that couple-round drop is is nice. And, you know, that, that's been more of a drop-off than Mac because everybody knows that Mac is still playing behind a great offensive line and should be able to make hay with that. Uh, but uh, everybody's worried about Brissett. And I'm with you. With Frank right there, with Brissett, basically he's been taking all the reps anyway in practice because Luck's been out. I think he's fully ready to go and – Look, this is a guy who stepped in at the last minute through for 3,000 yards in 2017 behind a terrible O-line. He gets an upgraded coach. He gets an upgraded O-line. He gets a, a few more players around him that gives him a little bit more options. I think Brissett has a chance to be a big surprise. I'm not going to go huge on him. I still have him, like, at my, I think, quarterback 24. But that's only because we have so many good quarterbacks this year. In a two-quarterback league or a super flex, I think I'd give him a shot at my number two. You were able to get Duke Johnson towards the end of round five as the RB27. I took him in a draft over the weekend on the 5-6 turn. I was pretty happy to get him. I'm sure you feel the same way. Maybe they still bring in a running back. But either way, you know, Duke Johnson did carry a big workload in college at Miami. And he had 74 receptions two years ago. So even if he doesn't get a ton of carries and maybe they bring in someone or Crockett gets someone, I think Duke Johnson's in a really good spot to smash his ADP. Oh, I absolutely agree with that. This is a guy that has a chance to become – I'm not going to say he's in top 12 this year. I just don't. Behind that offensive line, that will take a little bit of the shine off of it. But I definitely think he could fall into that, you know, maybe 14 to 16 range when all is said and done because I think he's a great fit for this offense. Keep Watson moving, throw those little short passes to uh, Duke and let him do what he's got to do. And, you know, maybe they do bring somebody in, but why should they? Duke can do it all. It's not like he is just a receiving back. He's always been a good running back as well. Uh, I just don't know. I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money. If they do bring somebody in, it's going to have to be somebody cheap. And at that point, they're going to find out that Duke is better anyway. Then you follow with Josh Gordon, uh, at receiver 28, your third receiver. And there's obviously a wide range of outcomes for Gordon. We all know how talented he is. We saw what he did last year. Where is that the appropriate spot where you go, okay, I'll take him as my wide receiver three. Uh, You took him ahead of Calvin Ridley, Robbie Anderson, A.J. Green. How do you look at Gordon this year? Because I just feel like there's going to be someone in every draft that just takes him before I do. That's the way it's felt so far. Uh, I did. You know, I went in wanting Gordon. Look, like you said, the, the range of outcomes for Gordon is huge. Uh, he could play two games and walk off the field again. Absolutely no doubt about it. I talked about it before. Sometimes you got to take risks to win. And 
the thing is, I think he gives you that edge if he plays, even if he plays 14 games for you, I think he gives you that edge to win because we saw as the year went on, you know, him and Brady were definitely on the same page. The numbers for both went up uh, when, when they were on the field together. I don't see that stopping anytime this year. So, look, I'm going to bet on him being on the field. I took him. I didn't really worry about it because I knew I was going to come back and grab another wide, couple of wide receivers right after him that I knew would give me the depth I needed in case he imploded. And if he does, then the two guys I grabbed under him make me feel okay with it. Yeah, I think, I mean, it would be nice to get one share of him. I don't know if I'll be able to do it, though. I got to figure out um, with a couple more drafts just to get him at least one. Yeah, I'm sure there's always players you, like, go through the draft season and you're like, kind of wish I had him on one team, and you hope to get him. You ever feel that way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you, everybody feels that way. You know, I tried most of the time. I, I draft so many leagues that usually I have almost everybody. But, the, you know, I've been going through it lately, and there's still quite a few people that I haven't drafted anywhere. Um, so, yeah, it, it was actually amazing to me when I went back and looked at it. I definitely have my tendencies and biases, just like everybody else. Everyone does. We always feel yep. strongly about certain players, and we kind of get them in the same spot, which is fine. But you also have to understand when you play in as many leagues as we do, and, and the average person probably doesn't. Uh, what do you think the average person plays in, two to three leagues? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Most people, yeah, that, that, that stops to them. Yeah, and then what's going to happen is your Tuesday and Wednesday night waiver wires, you're going to be like, why did I play in so many leagues again? <laughs> well, most of my leagues are best ball, so I don't really have that big a problem. And all the ones that aren't are in actually one big spreadsheet that automatically updates and is actually pretty easy for me to use. So not that big a deal. So how many redraft leagues does it look like that you're going to be in where you have to go to the waiver wire and make moves every week? Right now, it looks like if I say no to any more that come up, um, it looks like it'll be 32. 32 waiver wires you have to do? Yes. Oh, my goodness. That is ridiculous, man. Are they, and how many of them are <laughs> it's for gonna money? It's going to be fun. <laughs> how many um, of them? Probably, uh, wow, probably at least 25, 26 of them. Oh, my goodness, man. I thought uh, that's insane. So you're basically not doing anything on Wednesdays? Oh, I do them way before Wednesdays, dude. Uh, usually I, I'm doing them, you know, Sunday and Monday night. I start putting my waiver claims in. I guess you have to. When you have that many leagues, you have to do it little by little, right? Uh, no, usually I try to blast them all out at one time. Really? Yeah, it's usually like 1 o'clock in the morning when I don't really have to worry about doing anything else. But, yeah, that's usually what I do. I just go through them all, make any, you know, ones I want to make. And then usually Tuesday night I'll come back and just double check that Monday night didn't change anything, and then I'm done. All right. Uh, yeah, I probably have – I'm probably going to be more in the 10 to 12 range, I think. No, nothing wrong with 10 to 12. Still more than most people. It's still a lot, man. I mean, and obviously some are more important than others. Uh, there are a few that are just bragging rights, which, again, my name's attached to it. I always play to the end. It's one of my pet peeves. I'm seeing it so much in baseball, people who quit. It irks me more than anything. If you sign up to a league, play it out to the end. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day. You can find them at ffchamps.com. Uh, we've had our disagreement on Todd Gurley, so we don't need to go into it more. Jim is pro <laughs> Todd Gurley. I am out. You took Todd Gurley, but you took him over Le'Veon Bell, who went as the RB10. Where are you on Le'Veon Bell this year? Do you not have confidence, him sitting out a year, new offense, Jets going from the Steelers, great offense to the Jets? A little bit of hesitation because of all of that. Um, you know, just not the same O-line, not the same coach. Uh, you know, and, hey, I, I may be wrong on him, and I'll take that. He's a good running back. But, you know, now we'll get to see if he's that great a running back or if it was indeed the Pittsburgh system that made him look so good. Um, you know, I just, I have my hesitations. I know what I get out of Gurley and sure he's got the knee issue, but I, man, I, I just think it's been way, made way too much of. They got caught off guard last year. They paid the price. Now they're going to deal with it. Sure. His touches are going to come down. So what? He can be just as successful as Kamara can with limited touches just because of how high powered that offense is, how many chances he gets at, at the goal line. I'm not worried about Gurley at all. Yeah, Bell has fallen in our ADP. Now, he's still the seventh running back off the board, but his ADP is 14, so he's out of the first round. And I guess part of it is six receivers are now in the first round. And we know with our setup, with three receivers and two flexes, the wide receivers fly off the board. But I do think that there are people who are hesitant with Le'Veon Bell, and you don't want to feel that way about your first-round pick. Yeah, I wouldn't take him in the first round. I'd, I'd much rather have Connor than I would Bell. And people razz me about it all the time, but I don't care. I know that system works. He's their guy, and I'm not worried about him. I am worried about Bell. Uh, any concern about Deshaun Jackson with this finger issue? Well, there's a little concern, but, you know, look, it's not like he's going to go out every single game and catch seven balls for 70 yards. He's the guy who's going to give you, you know, three, four, five big games a year, and the rest of the time it's going to be eh. Um, that's why I love him more in best ball than I do anything else, but that's been his career. Definitely is the case. Just go look at his game lines, and you'll figure that out pretty quickly. That wraps it up here. You can find me at FullTimeFantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50 to get your first two months for the price of one. Have my updated rankings. You can find TazFFChamps.com. I'll be back Thursday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.